Time for this morning fact checker. This is where we debunk misinformation based on real evidence, real facts, set the record straight. Joining us here, our resident fact checker, Adam Rowe, in the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We're going to cover the uh, story that really has been dominating news coverage for the past couple of weeks, and maybe um, disconcertingly so in terms of the fascination to this, both by the media and the public at large. Uh, There is now a growing public call for authorities to uh, uncover the truth regarding this uh, college student who went missing and then was subsequently found dead at the Han River. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theories have been yeah. popping up, which is inevitable in these kind of cases. So first of all, I guess, and we can't really do a full fact check because we don't really know the outcome of this investigation yet, mm. but what do we know so far as to be true and false? Yeah, so a lot of conspiracy theories, as you said, and there is speculation that the friend of uh, Son Jung-min, who's the person who was found dead in the Han River, is deeply involved in the case. Uh, The friend, apparently, according to him anyway, he threw away the shoes he wore that day, which might have contained evidence for the police to fix the timeline for that night and give them a better picture of what happened. Now, the friend said the the shoes were ruined as they were covered in dirt and vomit from a drunk night out. He was also in possession of Son's mobile phone, saying he mistakenly took it while under the influence, claiming he lost his own phone. Uh, Other speculation was raised as to why he had returned to the park early in the morning with his parents to look for Son before contacting Song's parents to let them know their son had disappeared. So because of all these actions, uh, after the the fact that he was found dead, kind of led to some speculations that some targeting Son's uh, friend at the moment as a key suspect in this case. Yeah, and largely a lot of these things have been dug up by either the media uh, mm. finding these things or through various so-called tips or, or things that have been kind of raised by just the average netizen playing kind of detective mm. Sherlock Holmes, uh, armchair Sherlock Holmes right now. We have to be clear, there, there's no smoking gun that has emerged out of all of this. A lot of this is all still circumstantial. Uh, a lot of people might feel some things look suspicious, but I've made the case here before on the program is you have to have some empathy and feel uh, some sorrow for this father of Son Jung-min who's really been making his case to try to get this out into the public and try to generate a lot of interest to try to find uh, if there is a perpetrator uh, to this or if this was an accident. So um, you you grieve a loved one like that and uh, we must pay our sympathies. But at the same time, if you happen to be a parent of this friend, Mm. and let's say this friend is, again, uh, this principle that innocent until proven guilty, let's say this friend is innocent of all this, as a parent, you should be very outraged that what's going on here, this, uh, what you would feel to be a a witch hunt against Mm. your son right now, uh, to the extent that this friend does um, feel uh, beleaguered enough that uh, he's threatening to take legal action against maybe, you know, whether it's through defamation or, or whatever, of those who are accusing him of murder, would he have a legal case? Well, uh... According to his lawyers, he does. Now, the friend's personal information and photos were revealed by internet users, while some claim that his uncle and father are police officers and other high-ranking government officials and are abusing their power to hide the truth amongst uh, the many conspiracy theories that are going around. Now, such rumours, however, were confirmed as uh, false by law enforcement authorities. Now, in response to the uh, snowballing rumours, a lawyer representing the friend released a statement on Monday refuting those speculations, uh, explaining that his client does not remember why and how he took Son's phone as he was drunk, the lawyer urged the public to refrain from uh, spreading what he called groundless rumours that defamed the deceased friend and uh, and his family. Now, the friend's lawyer says those accusing his client of murder 
uh, could be accused of defamation. Now, if we look at the relevant laws, even if some of the allegations against Son's friend were found actually to be true, the accusers could actually face still punishment for defamation. Uh, and if, of course, if they turn out to be false, then a harsher punishment could be levied. And because all of these conspiracy uh, theories happened online now in Korea, Uh, In both cases, if they are found to be true or false, the punishment is actually heavier for these uh, online comments. Because uh, This is a kind of a law that happened with this whole, you know, ACPO, these uh, uh, malicious uh, comments and uh, things that happened online that led to a lot of um, suicides that happened as well. So so for the same thing, if uh, if it's a different punishment for defamation verbally uh, and as it is for online. Right. And you bring an important point here with defamation somewhat unique to Korea is that even if what you are slandering that person with happens to be true, Mm. if it is to an extent that is deemed by the court to be criminally liable, you can still be uh, facing punishment for it. And that is the case here. But again, if the person is innocent, they have a very, very strong case uh, to be aggrieved. And we know that there is a zeal among the public to get to the bottom of this. Maybe there is uh, a bit of a mob mentality going on. But some Mm. of the theories, as you're saying, uh, kind of defy sort of logic in, in kind of thinking this vast, grand Uh, conspiracy of this very powerful friend who's got connections all the way up in the upper echelons of society to to crack down on this. Again, there's so much of it uh, that we Mm. don't know, despite all all this wall-to-wall coverage, that we do have to let the facts play out as they can. And to a certain extent, although maybe the public trust in this is very low, is to let the police kind of finish out their conclusions um, and uh, give us the findings uh, and sort of take that as well at face value before jumping to any other kind of odd odd conclusions. So Mm -hmm. let's uh, leave that for now. Let's talk politics, the main opposition people power party. If you recall, during the May 18th uh, democratization movement, um, a a kind of big show of national unity where uh, we've seen remarkably now the conservative politicians also uh, pay their tributes in commemorating the events of May 18th, 1980 in Gwangju, the Democratic Uprising. So you think maybe we've turned a corner. Maybe we are now kind of past the phase where we can be ideologically at uh, odds just for this act of um, Democratic Uprising. There's bills that are pending in the National Assembly uh, in regards to uh, May 18th. The opposition claims that they are fully behind uh, these uh, pieces of legislation, but there are some reports that suggest that they're actually not. Could you uh, clarify this for us? Yeah, so it's kind of an unfortunate case of, uh, you know, they've been invited to this uh, commemorative ceremony and they're kind of politicizing the issue at the moment. Uh, The debate was sparked after uh, PPP lawmakers were invited to this ceremony. Uh, It was, as you said, the first time for them to be as conservative lawmakers to be invited. Now, a statement by the PPP's uh, spokesperson, Kang Min-guk, showed support for two bills that were passed actually last uh, December. One is to expand the powers of a fact-finding committee looking into the bloody crackdown of protesters, and another that toughens punishment on those who distort history related to the uprising, so kind of um, Mm. fake news-related bill. Now, If we look at what the actual votes at the time were by the PPP, there were 231 present during the vote for that fact-finding bill on December 9th, 
198 votes for, 6 against and 27 abstentions. 163 of the votes for the bill was from the ruling DP, so they basically voted on party lines. Uh, 24 came actually from the PPP. All votes against the bill and the abstentions were from the main opposition. And out of the 57 uh, opposition lawmakers at the session, 42.1% of them were for the bill, while 57.9% were against it. So basically, they were more opposed from the main opposition side to that bill than the ruling DP. So yeah, that claim that it was supportive of the, the bill is actually not true. And actually, the gap, uh, the gap widens when looking at the votes for the bill to prevent this uh, distortion of history. Uh, related bill. 225 votes were cast, 175 for, 31 against, and 19 abstentions. There were only three votes for the bill from the main opposition party. So that's more than 94% mm. of PPP lawmakers present at the time voting against the bill or abstaining. Therefore, it's hard to say that the PPP was uh, in support of the bills uh, because the votes don't simply reflect that statement. So um, it seems at the time they were pretty much against it. Yeah, and so it's easy to see why the uh, distortions of history would be a little bit more contentious for the PPP because that would be a rewriting of what we have perceived to be the historical record to a way that might not be favorable to the legacy of the conservative movement here in the country, which includes Chen Duhuan and this military uh, regime. you can accuse the opposition of being hypocritical about all of this, but really is more of a reflection of the uh, the political landscape. And mm. I think the wider narrative is, yes, this democratic uprising was an important, uh, very, very landmark event in our history. We must remember first uh, the, the people who lost their lives and sacrificed for the country and brought about this current democracy that we enjoy living in. And th- th- that is something that everyone should be behind. However, these people are often in districts, let's say in North Gyeongsang, province where the voters might actually look at that vote and say, hey, did you vote for this May 18th thing yeah. in favor of Gwangju? We don't like that and mm. we might vote against you. Maybe they're going to have somebody else who's a little bit more right-wing come at, at them and uh, uh, threaten their position of power. And so there's a lot of kind of yeah. political rea- realities that these uh, lawmakers are facing. Exactly. And uh, it just goes to show that uh, the PPP is kind of I think it's trying to gain on its kind of current momentum at the moment that yeah. it is starting to get a little bit more moderate, popular yeah. than the ruling party. Uh, but if you make groundless claims, then it yeah. could backfire. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult uh, yeah. to kind of balance balance that to sort of appeal to your base, but at the same time kind of Mm. appeal to the rest of the country as well. Final story here. Uh, There have been claims that humidifiers using seawater, so I guess salty water, could help treat COVID-19. Is that true? Well, (laughs) simply no. (laughs) The simple answer. Uh, Just uh, another one of those kind of fake news that's happening around uh, these potential cures for COVID-19. And it all came about uh, from a post that was posted online claiming that putting seawater or salt water in humidifiers lets off minerals that can completely, not just uh, mostly, but completely heal COVID-19 within an hour as well. That uh, The post was put up by a prominent inventor called Han Sangguan, which has led to many believing that claim because they say, there's, they're saying that uh, it's, well, it's from a credible uh, source that mm. this, uh, uh, this uh, prominent inventor. Uh, he even told Yonat News that the latest finding will lead to the first person receiving both the Nobel Peace and Medicine Prizes at the same time and also a cash prize from Bill Gates himself. Uh, asked if a thorough uh, scientific study was done to reach the conclusion and simply said it didn't take a lot of money, or whatever he meant by that, uh, adding, and he also said that infected patients close to him were quickly cured using sea water humidifiers. So 
no real kind of uh, scientific evidence to back up his claim. Uh, so simply put, there is no scientific evidence proving that Hans claim uh, that the salt in seawater has COVID curing abilities. Uh, this is not the first time such a theory was made. If we remember back last year, a church in Hongnam faced a backlash after spraying salt water into the churchgoers' mouths, which led to a huge surge, a, a cluster outbreak. Uh, the confusion probably comes from uh, the WHO-approved purifiers that contain sodium chlorate and ethanol. Uh, but the thing is, salt is not included mm. in these products. Uh, sometimes salt water is used to treat you know, things like sore throats, but it doesn't actually kill bacteria uh, or viruses. Right. It's kind of this... Um, so these kind of quintessential Korean myths surrounding these mm. kind of cures, like saying don't eat an apple at night, right. <laughs> saying it's unhealthy. We all know that that's not true. Actually, it probably helps sleeping and stuff like that. Uh, also, experts warn that putting salt water in hum- humidifiers can be risky as it could damage respiratory systems as well because you're putting things that isn't yeah. clear water in it. So it has to be distilled. Uh, or demineralized uh, filters that have to be used in humidifiers. Yeah, and, and you and I, we come from different cultures, so we can just say this, but with Korea, we, we got to stop mucking around with humidifiers and putting things in yeah, that just aren't exactly. supposed to be here because we've had very disastrous, tragic consequences from yeah. that as well. Yeah. So uh, something to uh, keep in mind. As always, Adam, thank you very much. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you again you soon. You too. See you next week.